Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it's nice to have you on the Ben Ferguson podcast today, and we've got a lot to cover, which is big story. If you've been watching the media, I mean, it's a huge story. You are supposed to want to hate Ted Cruz now more than ever before. You're supposed to want to demand that he resign because he was spending time with his family while his state was dealing with a crisis. Let me be clear about something about this real quick. And I I like Ted Cruz. I know him personally. I endorsed Ted Cruz in the primary in 2016. This was a bad decision from a PR standpoint only. The reality is there is not much U.S. Senator is going to be doing when it comes to the power grid right now in a crisis. The reality is it's a state and local issue. The reality is for him to go to town, not a big deal. That's the reality. But then there is perception. While you have millions of people that are out of water, and out of power, you don't go to Cabo. I don't care what party you're in. Now, was it a malicious decision? No. Is the media going to use it against you? Yes. Did Ted Cruz know that? Yes. Uh, Was he thinking straight when he made this decision? Probably not. But in reality, there is nothing that's going to happen at his hands in Texas right now because he's a senator. He's he's, he's in in a weird way a low man on the totem pole. The governor, they're in charge. Mayors, they're in charge. Local elected officials, they're in charge. Now, is there things that he can do maybe down the road? Sure. Are there things he could have done maybe to help him get his hands dirty at the very beginning instead of going to Cabo for uh, take his family down there because his kids are out of school and they wanted to spend a few days away with their friends? Of course. But, But let me just compare 
be, before you start, you know, the fake outrage over, oh, my gosh, Ted Cruz spent some time with his family. And again, if I was advising him politically, I would have said, dude, you can't go. They'll, they'll, they will destroy you in the media. They will absolutely destroy you. You cannot do this. But let me put it in compare and contrast to where we are right now. Joe Biden hasn't even talked to the governors. You heard me right. Joe Biden hadn't even talked to the governors from what we've been told from the White House in the states affected by the storms. You want to know what the media has been doing? Let me give you some headlines. CNN Politics. This is their headline during this crisis down uh, in the South. Quote, inside the new president's routine, Oval Office fires and early bedtimes by Kevin Laptak. Yeah, they did that article in the evening, February the 16th. I'll read you the headline again. Inside the new president's routine, the Oval Office fires and early bedtimes. That's what they're reporting on. So when they start telling you that you should be outraged over what's happening with Ted Cruz flying down there, and by the way, he came, he came back in less than 20 hours from dropping his family off in, in Mexico. And again, I'm not saying it was a right decision. It was a bad PR move. But if you think the media, is, this isn't just about trying to hurt a conservative and the fake outrage. Here's proof of it. Let me also remind you that while this article from CNN Politics is being written, quote, inside their, their headline, inside the new president's routine, Oval Office fires and early bedtimes. Let me remind you of one other thing about the media. You want to know what else they're not covering right now? They're not covering the massive fallout and pure corruption and now an FBI investigation to the governor of New York. They're not covering Governor Cuomo. They're doing everything they can to act like that didn't happen, where thousands of seniors died because of a decision from the governor and his staff, and then they lied about the number of people that died, and then they lied about the cover-up, and now there's a federal and FBI investigation into that cover-up. You also have the governor threatening other Democrats who have now come out and said, hey, I was threatened by the governor that if I didn't do what he told me to do to help cover this up, that he would ruin me. He would come after me. My wife didn't sleep at night, one Democrat said, because of the threat from the governor. Let me give you another headline this week from what the media was covering. Instead of covering an actual crisis with the governor of New York, and, a, and instead, of course, they'll, they'll give you a fake crisis with Ted Cruz. Newsweek's headline. Ready for this? Joe Biden playing as Luigi, wins in Mario Kart race against granddaughter at Camp David. Uh, This is a real headline while you actually have a massive scandal that is taking place in upstate New York where people died. Okay, where people died. Again, Joe Biden, playing as Luigi, wins in Mario Kart race against granddaughter at Camp David. So you got Joe Biden, who is hanging out at Camp David during all this, doesn't even have time to talk to the governors and states affected by the cold. And, and, and instead of all this, okay, instead, instead of all of this, right, instead of all of this, they want to come after Ted Cruz for getting on a plane. I'll say it one more time. It's not a right decision for him to go down there. It was a bad PR move. But these are real stories that they're not actually talking about. You want to know about something else, a big story, a massive story that has not been covered over the last 24 hours? Well, of course, they're covering everything about Ted Cruz's flight manifest. Did he get an upgrade on the flight? 
his name's on the board to get an update on the flight. I mean, this is all there, okay? This is, this is all there. Joe Biden was in a town hall on CNN. And Joe Biden came out and said in a town hall, which, by the way, was a total disaster that no one's reported on, the guy, it was like he didn't know what was going on. And they were softball questions. They didn't even ask him a single question about Governor Cuomo in New York. Not a single question from CNN's Anderson Cooper to him about the controversy and the seniors that died and Governor Cuomo. Not a single question. He kind of came out with something big. Something that's not being reported because they know it's going to be unpopular with the American people right now. While unemployment claims skyrocketed last week. First time unemployment claims went through the roof. So is Joe Biden trying to protect your job? No. Is he trying to bring your jobs back? No. Is he trying to make sure that you're okay? No. In fact, this is what he said. He said, I want a pathway to citizenship for 11 million undocumented immigrants in this country. So while you're competing to find your next job, and many of you are out, okay, many of you are out of work or underemployed, Joe Biden says, I want you to compete with 11 million new people who I want to give citizenship to. And the only reason why is because he wants them to vote for him. Take a listen to this massive news at this town hall. And it is massive. Let me me ask about a question which does often divide uh, many people in this country. Immigration, your administration, along with congressional Democrats, uh, Democrats expected to unveil an immigration reform bill just this week. You want a pathway to citizenship for the roughly 11 million undocumented immigrants. Would you sign any immigration bill if it did not include that, a pathway for the roughly 11 million undocumented Yeah, there's a whole range of things that relate to immigration, including the whole idea how you deal with, you know, what confuses people is you talk about refugees, you talk about undocumented, you talk about people who are seeking asylum, and you talk about people who are coming from the uh, 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 that, that are coming from camps or being held around the world. And there are four different criteria for being able to come to the United States. The vast majority of the people, those 11 million undocumented, they're, they're, they're not Hispanics. They're people who came on a visa who was able to buy a ticket to get in the plane and didn't go home. They didn't come across the Rio Grande and swim across, excuse me. And, and, and <laughs> sorry, that's the Irish in me. Uh, but all kidding aside, so, so there, there, there are a lot of things that relate. But I think that we can no longer, look. Mother, you notice how confused he is. I'm not trying to be mean, but this guy can't even get, I want you to listen to this last sentence here. I want you to hear, listen to the last part where he says, look here, that's his reset of I can't remember what I'm talking about. This is the guy, by the way, who's running our country. There was another, another headline this week that has been not reported, and that is the fact that we're now being told that the vice president, Kamala Harris, is actually the one. You ready for this? Kamala Harris is actually the one. She is actually the one making phone calls with foreign leaders on behalf of Joe Biden. On behalf of Joe Biden, anybody want to talk about that? Kind of a big deal. President of the United States of America not taking phone calls, not calling the governors down that dealing with the, with the power outages and the winter storm and the water outages and people that have died because of the storm, not even taking their phone call, farming that out to a low-level person below him. 
They confirmed that, by the way, at the White House, at the White House press briefing. Yes, he has not spoken to any of the governors down there, but, but somebody beneath him did. But I want you, again, listen to the words coming out of the mouth of Joe Biden and listen to how he just cannot get his head around what he's even talking about. And he's the one that's selling you on the 11 million Americans, uh, or excuse me, 11 million undocumented immigrants, as he puts it. He said Americans who deserve citizenship. Irish, you mean. Uh... But all kidding aside, so, so there, there, there are a lot of things that relate. But I think that we can no longer, look, you've heard, I'm, even if you're not involved in politics at all, you've probably heard me say this a thousand times. And matter of that everyone is entitled to be treated with decency, with dignity. Everyone is the, the, entitled for that, to that. And we don't do that now for the first time in American history. If you're seeking asylum, meaning you're being persecuted, you're seeking asylum, you can't do it from the United States. You used to come, have an asylum officer determine whether or not you met the criteria and send you back. If you, in fact, but you can't even do that. You got to seek asylum from abroad. But just to be clear, though, by, by the way, you want to know why we did that? And, and Joe Biden's smart enough to know why we did that. OK. The reason why we did that is because everybody, they, they were told and their family and friends that got into this country and the coyotes that you paid to bring you to this country illegally, they would give you a script and they would tell you everything that you need to say. They would tell you everything that you must say. Right? That, that's what they would do. They would tell you all of it. And they would say, this is what you need to say to hit the criteria. This is how you need to say it to hit the criteria. This is what you've got to say to make sure that you hit and check all the boxes. That's why. Okay, that, that is a simple reason why we stopped allowing it, because the system was broken and we realized it was nothing but a massive loophole. That's all it was. A massive loophole for those to come into this country and to tell a st- tell a lie, right? To tell a BS story that was just, in fact, not true. And they were exploiting it, and they exploited it for years under the eight years under the Obama Biden administration. So when Donald Trump came in, they said, "Look, we got to we got to fix this, right? Like this is something that we have to fix. If we don't fix it, we're going to have some real problems." Right. If we don't fix it, we got some we got some real issues here. If, if, if we don't change this, if we don't alter this, if we don't, it, 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 this is this is clearly broken and we got to fix it. There is clearly a problem here and we need to fix it. And that is exactly what we did. And now Joe Biden's like, oh, no, you got to we got to give them a pathway to citizenship. Why now? Whose team are you on? We know whose team the media is on. Hell, they're writing articles with headlines inside the new president's routine. Oval Office fires and early bedtimes. Another one, Newsweek. Joe Biden playing Luigi. Mario Kart, Mario and Luigi, right? Nintendo wins a Mario Kart race against granddaughter at Camp David. This, I mean, the, the media under Biden is absolutely pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. But this is what they're doing. This is what they're selling. This is how they're doing it. This is how they are doing it. 
Biden trying to finish up selling this plan of 11 million Americans, uh, as he calls them. I'm not. He is. I want to make that very clear. He says, just go ahead and give him the paperwork. Right? Just, just, give him the, just give him the paperwork. Just do it. Go ahead. Give him the paperwork. They deserve it. Why do they deserve it? Why now? It's because he needs them to vote for him. That's why. He needs them to vote for them. That's why. He needs illegal immigrants. There is no reason why anyone should be in favor of this, especially now when the economy is reeling from COVID-19 and people losing their jobs. I mean, even if you said, is this the right time to do this? I'm talking about from a liberal perspective. Any liberal that I would think has a brain would immediately say, no, this is not. Okay? Like, this is not the time. We can't, we can't sell this to the American people. Now, if you want to do this, do it when there's low unemployment and people say, well, they're not really competing for jobs, and later on they will be, but right now they're not. That's what you do. You do it then, not now. Now is not the time to do it. You do it later. Uh, I, and I know you're going to be announcing stuff later this week, or that's what I've heard. Um, you do want a pathway to citizenship yes. for ele- roughly 11 million undocumented immigrants, yes. and that would be essential in any bill for you. Well, yes. Th- but uh, by the way, if you came along and said to me, in the meantime, we can work out a system whereby we're going to, for example, we used to allow refugees, 125,000 refugees, into the United States on a yearly basis. It was as high as 250,000. Trump cut it to 5,000. Come with me into Sierra Leone. Come with me into parts of Lebanon. Come with me around the world and see people piled up in camps, kids dying, no way out. Refugees fleeing from persecution. We, the United States... By the way, this, this, is, this is part of the lie, and that's why I wanted to play it for you. The 11 million people that he's wanting to give a pathway to citizenship for, they're not from the places he just mentioned. 99.9% of them are coming across the border from Mexico. The idea that they're coming from all of these war-torn areas and civil war areas and civil unrest areas in the world that he just described, saying, go to these camps, look at them, people are, are dying. They're not coming from there. The majority of people that, that you want to give citizenship are just people that said, screw it, I like America. I mean, go to Mexico, not to the resort, drive outside of the resort. If you've ever done that, which I have, you'll understand why so many people want to come to America. America is the greatest country in the world. I don't blame them. What I do blame is us being stupid enough, right? What I blame them is us being dumb enough, us being incompetent enough to allow it to happen. That's what I do blame, by the way. I blame, I blame us for even thinking that this is a good idea. I, I, I blame us for even thinking that this is something that we should do. That's who I blame. That's what I blame. And Joe Biden's sitting there going, yep, we're getting, we're, we got to let these people in from these war-torn areas in the Middle East and, and, and all these people that are suffering and go around the world. It, it, 
the 11 mil you're going to give it to is going to be 99% from Mexico. That's not war-torn. They have corruption down there, and I would argue it's their country, and they need to fix it, and maybe they need to fight, and maybe they need to go to war with the cartels. Maybe they need to fight back. Maybe they need to take back their country. Now, that, that we can debate. Okay, That we can argue about. That we can have a conversation about. I'm cool with that, folks. I am totally okay with that. What I am not okay with is BS that all these people are coming from all these countries where he claims are suffering when the majority of people he's about to give citizenship from are not from there. And you're using somebody else's pain and agony to justify a terrible decision that only helps your bottom line with future voters, not the American people. Kids dying, no way out. Refugees fleeing from persecution. We, the United States, used to do our part. We were part of that. We're, and you know, that's, you know, send me your huddled masses. Come on. And so I would, if you had a refugee bill by itself, I'm not suggesting that, but I would, there's things that I would deal by itself, but not at the expense of saying I'm never going to do the other. There is a reasonable path to citizenship. And it shows up. One of the reasons why we have been able to compete with the rest of the world so well is most of our major competitors are xenophobic. You remember, quite, I remember you questioned me when I came back from China, and I said, I predict... I, I love this. The, we're going to throw in the xenophobic part there, because why not, right? I mean, if we're going to do this, let's go all in. Let's tell everybody the reason why we're doing this because we're trying to save people's lives, and that's how this works. And there's these people that are sitting there, and they're dying. Yeah, that, there it is. That's easy. Let's just let's just do it. Let's talk about, by the way, human rights abuses for a second. You know something else that's changed, which is really interesting? Joe Biden is not going to have any type of repercussions or recourse, we've been told, for China and their human rights abuses. Not going to happen. So, so which one is it? Are you going to bring in all these people from around the world, but China, you're not even going to call them out? Right? I mean, are you not going to call them out? Which one is it? I'm I'm just I'm 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 curious here. I'm genuinely curious. Which one is it? We have real problems in this country right now, and this guy's trying to bring in 11 million more. Look, look, look at the California school board members mocking parents in a new video that they want their babysitters back and. And then now we have Joe Biden, who's even backtracked on his return to the school plan, which he said he was going to implement to get kids back to school. How many kids are dying at home now? We know the numbers. They're not good. We know that kids are committing suicide at rates we haven't seen in decades. We know that kids are being abused at home, and we have no way to, to, to find out how if they're being abused at home because they're not going to school. We know that kids are not getting fed the way that they need to be being fed, many of them, because schools are out That, that's where we are. And, and, and you look at Kamala Harris. She was, you know, giving, her, giving the easy questions from the Today Show. She starts stammering when asked about Biden's shifting standard on school openings. 
So let's 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 take care of all the kids in the world, but let's not take care of our own kids. Let's take care of the illegal immigrants, but not our own American kids. Let's let's get our schools back open. But then when the unions say no, because this is all about unions, it's all about the union workers. This is not about what's good for the kids. You want to know why all the private schools are open? Because there's direct accountability from the people that pay the pay the bill. You want to know why the private universities are open? You want to know why the private schools are open? Because they cannot afford to miss those paychecks because then they're out of work. And so they figured out a way to do it. And they didn't spend hundreds of millions of dollars preparing their classrooms the way that now the government's demand. They're, they're talking about like a half a, half a billion dollars in funding to, quote, get the classrooms ready. How the private schools afford it and do it? Because the tuition prices did not go up. Private schools at every age group, we're talking about pre-K, kindergarten, middle school, high school, colleges are all open because they knew that if they didn't open, they didn't get paid. And they figured out a way to do it in a safe manner, and they didn't spend billions of dollars getting their classrooms ready. They made normal precautions the way they should. But the unions are like, screw this, we can just teach from home. This is We never have to go back to work again until... Everybody gets vaccinated, and then we t- say we need hazard pay, and then we say we're some sort of victim. Everybody else is going to work, right? All these, all these other workers at grocery stores, fast food, restaurants, everything that's open out there that you're going to, that they'll go to, those people aren't screaming, I need more money, and how dare you try to kill me? But the unions are. But this is the Democratic Party right now. Last week, 861,000 Americans filed for unemployment. Let that number sink in. 861,000 Americans filed for unemployment. And right now, Joe Biden and the Democrats are introducing a bill giving 11 million illegal immigrants citizenship, and they're backtracking on putting our kids back in school. And the Vice President Harris stammering when asked about his shifting standards. Take a listen to this crap distance and make sure you wash your hands and do that frequently let's talk about schools Uh, we got a lot of parents watching right now maybe with their kids right next to them because they're not going to school the cdc a few days ago finally put out some long-awaited guidance on how schools could safely reopen but here's the thing they tied it directly to the rate of infection in any given community and i'm going to put a map up because if schools were to follow that right now 90 percent of the counties 90 percent of the schools would not be able to open under the cdc's own metric was it a mistake for the cdc to connect school reopening to how much infection there is in a community well let's first say this that in the last four weeks schools are opening every week more schools are opening and it is because we are supplementing what needs to happen around the vaccinations getting into to, to states but also because folks are we're seeing progress when folks are wearing masks when they're getting vaccinated when they're social distancing we're seeing progress there but we all want the schools to reopen savannah all of us who have children in our lives they want to go back to school we want them to go back to school teach just want to teach. Well, what about that CDC guidance priority. then? That's that's the question because the CDC is saying essentially their best guidance is don't open if you're in a red zone. 90% of students are in a red zone and the science is very clear. The CDC's own science says schools are not a source of community risk. 
Well, so here's the thing. What the CDC, what they have recommended are, are exactly that, recommendations about how to reopen safely if they've been closed, how to stay open if they've been opened. And so the recommendations include what, again, needs to happen around social distancing, hand washing, mask wearing. But the point is that we all want our kids to get back to school as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. There has been a shifting timeline here. Back on December 8th, the president, then president-elect, tweeted, uh, we want to reopen the majority of schools in the first 100 days. He later said that day, we want to have most schools open. Now, he said as recently as last night, he's talking about the majority of K through 8 schools. Last week, we heard a White House official saying open means it could mean just one day a week open. The president said, no, that was a miscommunication. But I mean, I guess, look, again, parents Mm -hmm. watching, what is the bottom line? What does it mean for schools to be reopened? And how soon can they be reopened? So our goal is that as many K through 8 schools as possible will reopen as it, within the first 100 days. Our goal is that it will be five days a week. And so we have to work to achieve that goal. But our goal is the goal of parents. And I mean, here's the thing, Savannah, I don't need to tell you. We are, the, the issue here is not just about statistics. It's about our kids. It's about their parents. It's about the fact that every day our kids are missing essential, critical days in their education. I, I love how she then all of a sudden acts like she's going on the offense for these kids. The only reason why these kids are not back in school right now is because Kamala Harris and the Democrats have said, okay, unions, we'll let you make the call. And the union said, screw the kids, and we're going to get paid, and we don't have to worry about losing our customer base because it's a public school system, which is exactly why the public school system is broken. The public school system is broken. Because it's not about what's best for the kids. We socially promote kids, we fail kids, and we move them forward anyway. Kids come out of school at at a 7th and 6th grade reading level when they graduate high school. There is zero accountability because it's run by the liberals and the schools are run by Democrats. And they're not run for what's best for the kids. There's no accountability. Teachers don't get fired In the public school system, teachers are protected even when they do the most stupid and egregious things. They don't get fired, though. We don't fire public school teachers. Private school teachers, we fire all the time. You're not getting it done, it's over. Right? You're not getting it done, it's then bye-bye. Because there's actual accountability. If your kids fall behind, what happens? If kids fall behind... And you can see it, there is accountability immediately. So this year is a forgotten year. This year is not a year of educating our kids in the public schools, private schools. And I want you to think about the have and have nots here. Seriously, listen to me. Think about all the private school kids where parents made sacrifices to get their kids in private school. Think about all the private school kids that got a full year of education that are going to beat the living crap out of the public school kids that got nothing. Think about the have and have nots here and how many kids' lives are going to be changed forever because their SAT and ACT scores are going to are going to dive bomb because an entire year of school they missed. But we said it happened, and it really didn't. These teachers, I'm sorry, I'm tired of them saying that they care about the kids. They don't because the unions, if the teachers care, they'd fight the union and say, no, we're going back to school. School district by school district, that's what they would do. And they're not doing it. And the reason why is, is very clear. 
The reason why they're not doing that is because it's too easy to get a fat paycheck and stay at home because there's no accountability and you don't have to listen to anyone. No one is going to fire you. You don't worry that you're going to lose your job because you don't show up. Not worried about it because not showing up, refusing to come back to work in the private schools, you're gone. You are gone. Make no mistake about it. You are gone. It is over. Public schools, let's go. This is a whole year we've missed, folks. This is a whole year that these teachers in these unions are getting paid their salaries, many of them getting raises during the last year to not educate our kids. To not educate them. And Kamala Harris out there rambling on, then she tries to go on the offensive, well, I'm here to fight for the kids. Well, if you are, then why aren't you demanding that these kids get back in school? Why aren't you demanding it? development. Uh, you know, we, we know, we have worked on this issue for years around the fact that, you know, by the end of third grade, if a child is not at third grade reading level, they literally drop off. So each day in the life of a child is a very long time. Absolutely. And that's why, right, and that's why we, we've got to collectively do everything in our power to reopen our schools as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. A lot of public health officials will say this closing schools is as much of a, a public health crisis for all the reasons you mentioned. A final point on this before we move on. You know, the uh-huh. CDC has said it is not a prerequisite for teachers to be vaccinated for them to go back to school. But many teachers are wary of going back to school. And we've had some cities have to sue the teachers union or sue their own school districts to try to get these schools to reopen. Can you reassure teachers who are listening right now that it is safe for them to go back to school even if they are not vaccinated if these public health measures like distancing and masks are being implemented? So first of all, let me just say this, and the president has said it, and we're all really clear. Teachers should be a priority. Teachers should be a priority. Look, let me just tell you something. I love teachers. My first grade teacher, Mrs. Frances Wilson, attended my law school graduation. (laughs) Teachers are critical to our children's development. They should be able to teach at a safe place and expand the minds and and the opportunities of our children. So teachers should be a priority along with other frontline workers, and we're going to make them a priority. I believe that up to 22 states, I believe, have prioritize teachers in terms of vaccinations, but the states have the... Is it safe for them? Well, I think that we have to decide if we can put in place safe measures. This is why, and it's so important, we pass the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan... Oh, here it is. Here it is. Did you hear this? Now, here's my pitch for why I need more money for the unions. She didn't answer the questions... And even even NBC, Savannah Guthrie is actually asking some decent questions here. Like even people had to sue the schools union, the teachers unions. They've had to sue them. Now listen to this because this is all about the money. What Kamala Harris is about to do is make the sales pitch to the American people, and the sales pitch is a simple one: if you give us enough money, we'll go back to school. You got to give us a hell of a lot of money first. You got to give us everything we demand because we're going to get a better deal for our bottom line, for our bank account, for our paychecks. This is not about the kids. If you think it's about a kid, you're stupid. These public school teachers 
are idiots. These public school teachers that are not standing up for the kids, and don't, don't tell me there's a degree of separation, okay? I, I, I'm tired of that crap. I really, really am. I'm sick and tired of that BS. These teachers should be saying, I'm showing up for school, and I'm going to buck the system, and I'm going to buck the union, but they're not. So don't tell me, well, you're, Ben, you're painting with too broad of a brush. Okay, well, then show up and work, just like the private schools are. Show up and work like every other American's been doing during this crisis because we know that if you keep calling in saying, I can't come in, I'm too afraid, I can't come in, I'm too afraid, I can't come in, I'm too afraid, at some point they're going to say, don't come in because you don't have a job. But this is not about the kids, it's about the money. And now here's the sales pitch from Kamala Harris. This is basically we're holding you hostage and your kids hostage and their education, their crappy education, we're giving them hostage until you do what we tell you to do. The president and I have proposed is a plan that is about getting our schools back open. Why does this connect with what we're talking about right now? It's going to be safer for our schools to reopen when we can get our schools the the infrastructure needs, like helping them with their ventilation systems, helping them create social distancing with with barriers, the things that are necessary to get them back open in a safe but way. I don't want to. American- I want to beat it to death, but I just I know there are teachers yeah. listening, and the CDC has said they don't have to be vaccinated needed to go back to school. Of we think they should be a priority. priority. We think they should we think they should be a priority. Uh, okay. We think they should be a priority and the states are making decisions individually about where they will be on the list of who gets vaccinated. I believe they should be a priority. The president believes they should be a priority. Let's talk. There it is. So give us money and give us all this crap that we want and then we'll go back to school. Meanwhile, today was the media focusing on Ted Cruz because he went and hung out with his family. Yeah. Writing articles about Mario Kart and Luigi and the sleeping patterns of Joe Biden and how he goes to bed early and has fires in the Oval Office. Yeah, that's what we're doing now, folks. That's where we are. By the way, if you missed our um, tribute to Rush Limbaugh, the greatest there ever was in this business, uh, make sure you go backwards and grab our podcast uh, from yesterday. We talked about Rush Limbaugh. I talked about uh, what an impact he had on my career, some personal stories as well. Uh, so make sure you do that uh, on our podcast. Go backwards, listen to that with Limbaugh. And I'll leave it at that. Have a great day. Be safe out there. I'll see you back here tomorrow. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear. 
and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.